You are listening to the sermon audio from Renaissance Church. We pray that this message equips you to be formed into the image of Christ as you grow in your love of God, and it fuels you to love your neighbor as yourself. We are convinced that while this sermon audio is beneficial, this should only be supplemental and not replace local church involvement, the pastor God has put over your life, or your commitment to gather in person with other believers to make more disciples for the fame of Jesus. Peace be with you. Jesus is the fulfillment of divine law. Some of us live by this mantra, rules are made to be broken. broken. Any rule breakers in the house of God today? Yes, I knew, I knew you were a rule breaker. It takes one to know one. <laughs> but that is not necessarily true. Laws in general, Renaissance, are made to be followed or fulfilled. When you stop at the red light, you are fulfilling the traffic of the When you run the red light, Pastor Rob, you are violating the traffic laws of your municipality, especially when you're running late to church. I just, it doesn't, you know, you have to preach. Just, I feel like I'm doing, you know, it just doesn't, I'm not in the spirit when I do that. The traffic you're violating and not fulfilling. In theory, lawmakers are making laws that are designed to accomplish the common good for all people in the society right? Laws are made so that we're all doing okay. We as human beings long for a lawful lawful society to live in because we are created by a moral lawgiver, God, who desires for us to live lawfully in his will according to his laws. This is why Martin King says the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice, created bend towards his will. Why does God want us to live according to his law? Because the law of God is the eternal integrity of God's character. The law of God is the eternal integrity of God's character. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 18, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until it's all accomplished. The law of God, friends, reveals to us the character of God. More simply put, the law of God teaches us who God is. God wants us to live according to the law of God because God wants us to live and be like him as his children. God created us, therefore, Renaissance, because God knows the best way for us to live in relationship with him, in relationship to one another, in relationship to the creation that he blessed us with. It is for this reason Jesus says that he did not come for the purpose of annulling or abolishing the law or the prophets. No, Christ came, friends, to bring the law of God and the prophetic and prophetic faithfulness to the law of God for the people of God to its highest fulfillment and fullest expression. Jesus is the law of God in living flesh. He did it all for us, all that God required of Israel. He does with the uh, uh, what Israel could not do in their sin, and he does what we could not do for God in our sin. But the reality is that many of us 
all of us, not just pastor and me, are lawbreakers. We, we want to change God's law. We want the law of God to run by our dictate. We want it to suit us and make us comfortable. In Matthew 5, 19, there Jesus teaches that, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That is, when people relax and all or teach us to disobey the law of God, we are living in opposition to God and violating how God wants us to live in relationship to him. People, other people, and the creation around us. So the relevant question I want to explore today, Renaissance, is this, is this how is divine law fulfilled in our lives and in our world? Today's text teaches us that divine law is perfectly fulfilled through faith in the divine law lived and taught by Jesus and graciously applied and pursued in the heart and lives of his disciples. First, I believe the text teaches us this, divine law is perfectly fulfilled through the divine law lived and taught by Jesus. Divine law is perfectly filled through the divine law lived and taught by Jesus. Jesus teaches in verse 17 that he has not come to do away or discontinue the law of God given to the people of God in the old covenant through Moses and preach to Israel through the prophets of the Old Testament. No, he came to do it perfectly and to teach it, bring it to its apex. In fact, those who teach abandonment of the law, or what in short could be called lawlessness toward the law of God, are in danger of being excluded from the kingdom of God. They shall be leased, meaning not included. But the one who does them and teaches the commandments in their fullness will be great in the kingdom. Matthew chapter 23 teaches us that the scribes and the Pharisees were hypocrites because they taught the law of Moses in public but did not live it in private, in the private substance of their lives. Jesus says they will not enter the kingdom of heaven and neither will his disciples unless they believe the law of God in their hearts and live it in the substance of who they are in their lives. Jesus, now standing as the new Moses, lives and teaches the law perfectly and calls his disciples to follow him and no other. My friend told me this story about his college days. He said he had a professor in college who taught music history. And he knew his subject so well that hundreds of students would fill an auditorium on the campus of Penn State Maine University to take this class. It was because that this professor made the personalities that he taught back to life. Whether he was talking about James Brown or Nat King Cole or Elvis or Frank Sinatra, he made these musicians live again. This man was a master teacher that made the artist live for his students. And so in our text today, Jesus, as he prepares to give his instruction on the law of God given through Moses, is, to about, is about to make the law of God live in a brand new way for his followers and in a brand new way for us, his disciples today. 
Jesus will teach the fullness of the law that is to change the inward passions, personality, and perspective of a person and give a new direction to the actions of their, of their lives. Jesus changes us, transforms us, renews us from the inside out. And today, sons and daughters of God, you will only be able to fulfill the law of God by looking to the life and teaching of Jesus to understand how we are to live as human beings in a fallen world under a holy God. Muhammad can't show you the way. Buddha can't show you the way. American politicians on the right and the left cannot show you the way. One way to God through Jesus. You cannot look to any other person. Not your mom, not your dad, not your husband or your wife. You cannot look to any other God. Jesus in Christ Jesus alone teaches the law of God and lives the law of God in perfection. Secondly, divine law is fulfilled for us in, through faith in the divinely law perfectly lived and taught by Jesus. Sounds really similar, so make sure you heard the difference. Divine law is fulfilled for us through faith in the divine law perfectly lived and taught by Jesus. AJ, Jesus says in verse 20, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Yet Jesus knew that his disciples could not do the law of God with perfect obedience because they were not him. Only he could perform the perfect teaching and living of the law in substance. Yet he requires them to pursue it. Jesus knew, though, what Paul teaches in Galatians 6 and 24. Hear the word, for wherefore the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster, for ye are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Jesus, when he calls his disciples to live out the righteousness greater than the scribes and Pharisees, he calls them not to look to themselves in their moral perfection to accomplish divine law. He calls them to look to him through faith and his redemptive work of living the law of God to satisfy God's righteousness, dying on the cross to satisfy God's against lawlessness and sin, and Jesus rising from the dead and giving us a whole, the Holy Spirit to empower us to become more and more like Christ in pursuit of God's law because of our love and appreciation for God's grace. We must look to faith in Christ alone to fulfill God's righteousness on our behalf. The problem with all law-based religion, as my mentor Ken Jones says, is that it never gets accomplished. Because you and I are sinners who are inadequate on our own to satisfy God's righteous requirement for what he wants for us and from us in this life. So Jesus, as he calls his disciples to live the law, they must look to him 
for satisfaction of that standard. Why? Because the law is a tutor. Let the church say tutor. When you are having problems or don't understand a subject in school, you go to a tutor. Your tutor teaches you what, to, what you don't know about the subject and can't do in the subject matter you are trying to master. But when you no longer need the tutor, it is because you have mastered the subject yourself. The scripture teaches, friends, that the law is a tutor to teach us that we, don't, we do not live consistent with the character of God. But when we put our faith in Jesus, the one who is the master of the law of God and the character of God, then we are no longer under the law as a tutor. We are under Christ. Christ fulfills the law of God on our behalf. Then as we follow him through faith, we are given his spirit who enables us to do the will of God in thanksgiving by the power of that same spirit. We'll get back to that. But brothers and sisters, we fulfill the law of God through trusting that Jesus' perfect keeping of the law and substitutionary sacrifice in our place on the cross sufficiently satisfied the righteousness of God and the wrath of God against sin so that we are acceptable to God for life in his kingdom. Therefore, we now live in obedience of God in appreciation for Christ's substitutionary fulfillment of our righteousness and punishment for our sinfulness. Jesus Christ and Christ alone fulfills divine law. Thirdly, divine law is to be fulfilled by us because of the finished work of Jesus. Divine law is to be fulfilled by us because of the finished work of Jesus. Jesus says that whoever does the law and teaches the law shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. The master teaches that greatness by God's judgment is accomplished by the one who obeys God's commands and who teaches others to obey God's commands. Remember the story of Jesus' family coming to see him when he's teaching. And they said, let him know mom and his brothers are outside. We need to talk. Jesus said, my family are those who do the will of the Father. Friends, Jesus calls us to rest fully in his sufficient fulfillment of the law on our behalf. But then we return to the law in seeking to, to please Christ and Christ alone in obedient love for the sacrifice and his satisfaction of God's commands for us. Let me see if I can make that clear. Paul teaches this principle in Romans 12, 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worship, that is, that the light of God's finished work in Jesus Christ to fulfill the law of God for us, reconciling the believer back to God and making us recipients of the Spirit of God in our, in our gracious, in our appreciation for that, we have now been empowered by God 
to live in a way that gives worship to God, namely by living in obedience to the commands of God as our minds are renewed by the word of God. We are to fulfill God's law in worship to Christ for his fulfillment of God's law on our behalf. The 1689 London Baptist Confession in the chapter on the law of God, section 7, reads this, Neither are the aforementioned uses of the law contrary to the grace of the gospel, but do sweetly comply with it. The Spirit of Christ subduing and enabling the will of man to do that freely and cheerfully, which the will of God in the law requireth, requireth to be done. Christ sends us back to the commands of God to live them out cheerfully, joyfully, because we are so appreciative of the, the righteousness that Christ fulfilled for us and the sacrifice and suffering he endured on, that we deserve. The confession then cites Pastor Ezekiel 36 and 37. It makes it really clear. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The gospel of God enables us by the spirit of God living within us to obey and do the law of God in our lives. The great banker and business tycoon J.P. Morgan, who brought us U.S. Steel and General Electric, was the heir to his father, Junius Morgan's fortune. The story is told, though, that as a young boy, J.P. Morgan's strict father came home and one day and put a million dollars on the table in front of his son. He said, that is what a million dollars looks like. Now figure out how to make it on your own. But the reality is, friends, that J.P. Morgan did not have to make his own because his father left him, because he was left as his father's heir. He was already a millionaire when his father died. But just because he was the father's fortune, it did not mean that he did not have the responsibility to be productive and profitable in his own life. Friends, Jesus lived sinlessly. And when he lived sinlessly, he showed us what fulfilling the law of God looked like. When Jesus died innocently, he showed us what fulfilling the law of God looked like. When Jesus rose victorious, he showed us what fulfilling the law of God looked like. He did it for us. We did not deserve it. We did not earn it. But we are the heir to our elder brother's obedience and sacrifice. But that does not mean that we are not called to fulfill the righteous requirement of God in our own lives from day to day by the grace and power of the Spirit of God giving us strength. Fall short. Say amen. We fail in our pursuit of God's law and our sinful weakness. But that does not mean we are not required to fulfill God's law, even as we trust completely in the total sufficiency of Christ's fulfillment of the law to reconcile us back to God. Paul says it this way in Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? 
Are we to continue, continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. One more time. Can the church say newness of life? Friends, we have new life in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We have new life in Christ. That is to be lived passionately, pursuing the law of God out of a heart of love for God and for our neighbor. Therefore, divine law is to be fulfilled by us, the finished work of Jesus Christ for us. Jesus is Lord, amen? Because he is our righteousness. And as we look to him as the fulfillment of the law internally and externally, we find perfect understanding of the law through him about how the law is fulfilled. Then by faith, when we trust in Jesus as our righteousness, we find fulfillment of the law of God on our behalf before God. Finally, we are empowered by the Spirit of God because of the finished work of Christ to fulfill divine law as we live in obedience to the Word of God. The, search, the saints in the church I grew up would sing this hymn from the hymnologist, Look and live, my brothers live, my sisters live. Look to Jesus now and live. It's recorded in His Word. Hallelujah. So it's better that you look and live. For Jesus is the fulfillment of divine law. For you and I who have faith in him and his finished work to reunite us back to our creator and to strengthen us to live as he would have us to live in this world. Amen? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Renaissance Church. I thank you for Pastor Paul and... Thank you.